Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Network Special, the podcast where we look at the glories of the past days of appointment-based television, things that were shown only once or twice, and now thanks to the magic of the internet, we can see them again and again and again. My name is Zachariah Durr. I am here with my wonderful co-host, Nathan Shear, and our wonderful producer, Jeremy Demery. Wow, really milking it this week. That's what he sounds <laughs> yeah. like. It may be the mm. only time I get this episode, so I'm going to take it. That's true. I got a mountain of stuff to say. You saw all the notes in front of me. I did. <laughs> and that's the kind of uh, lightning quick rep- repartee that you're in for this episode between producer Jeremy and myself. Hey, we're off on the road to China with fun. Adventure in mind. Nathan, I have a question for you. Where mm-hmm. were you in 1979? I was one year old. I, I was in my crib. Okay. Crying. <laughs> uh, I was a year from being born, but I can tell you where Mr. Bob Hope was mm. in the mysterious Far East. Because he today was. we're talking about a special that aired in September of 1979 on NBC, Bob Hope on the Road to China. Mm-hmm. The Orient. Yes. <laughs> a thing they do not shy away from calling it back <laughs> nope. in 1979. Now, this is a special that I can almost guarantee nobody has watched We are probably one of the only people to really uh, talk about it in any kind of podcast form because not only has this been forgotten in time, this is a hard thing to track down. I found out about this looking up one of the performers from this episode's IMDb and saw Bob Hope on the road to China, took a look at it and said, well, there has to be a lot to look at in here. And then uh, it was a challenge to even find it. But you found it. Yeah. Um, initially, you said you found a really um, nasty version on YouTube. It was nasty. <laughs> you saw his whole uh, ass. <laughs> I said, "Ooh, that's nasty." <laughs> I, 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 I'm, a, I'm worried where this voice is going to go. <laughs> okay, it's our um, new character, Nasty. <laughs> oh no. I'm not a- <laughs> I'm not a friend. I'm not. I'm not a happy. You don't like him as much as Stony. No, Stony's Stony's much more chilled out. (laughs) Um, uh, But then I I found it on a couple of uh, torrent sites. You know, um, totally legal torrent sites. Totally legal torrent sites. But you (laughs) can, if you're a real martyr, you can watch this in a format that not only has a giant watermark on it because God forbid somebody steal this. Uh, but it's it's. I think the resolution that old downloadable QuickTime videos used to be on dial-up. Yeah. So if it was you, a, a real audio transfer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You open Winamp, and if yeah. you make it real small, you can see the images. Mm-hmm. Well, viewer or uh, listener, pardon me. Uh, well, listener, I hope you appreciate what we do for you on this show because I didn't realize when I said I wanted to do this special. This is a three-hour-long special. This this felt 
probably much like the um, the Gilligan's Island tour. Oh, it was supposed to take three hours, but it wound up feeling like <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boy, what a time capsule this thing is. You know, as as long as it was to get through, as hard as it was to track it down, I found this whole special fascinating for a lot of reasons. First of all, do you, do you have any hard and fast feelings about Bob Hope? Um... Those those old guys, uh, I like them. I like their um, their output. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I, you know, I I think it's classic comedy. It's it is where it is. But I think the older they got, the harder it was to hold on to relevance. And you really get a sense of that in this special. I feel like. Yes, definitely. Do you do you mind? I wound up going on a deep dive because I was trying to figure out there had to be a story behind this thing getting made and how it turned out the way it turned out. Uh, I'm going to lay down a little bit of context backstory and it's going to seem mm-hmm. like I'm going back way too far, but there is a point to it. So here's, here's kind of what's, what's, what's going on. Uh, buckle up. Buckle up. China has always been a super private country. It's pretty isolationist. Uh, they have a very, we don't need your influence. We have our own thing. We have our own culture. Thank you very much. And it was that way for literally thousands of years. Uh, not big fans of America. At one point, we're kind of cozying up to the USSR. That didn't really work out for Mao. So then they decided to start putting their toe in possibly cozying up to America so five years before the special aired, Nixon signed an agreement with what was then the People's Republic of China to open up the borders and allow Americans to trade, to travel into China. This had not been a thing before. It was a huge, huge deal. And Bob Hope immediately starts contacting Nixon, Kissinger, people uh, uh, in diplomatic relations, army generals. He wants to be the first person to uh, visit there as an entertainer. He wants to be the first person to film there as an American crew. And he spends five years just wearing everybody down to the point wow. where they finally agree, okay, we, this is it. They've agreed. They've, they've signed off. Um, Bob Hope at this point has been an entertainer forever. He was born in 1901. He started as a boxer when he was a kid, transferred to being comedian. He did vaudeville, um, did movies, was arguably the biggest comedian for a long time. He had his own comic book. He had a radio show. He had television specials. Uh, he was in the, the Greens Army, the Greens Navy. <laughs> yeah, you get it. <laughs> so he, <laughs> he he's responsible for kind of the way modern day stand-up works, very quick, very self-deprecating. And for a, a, a long stretch, he was just the go-to comedian, not only because he was a great businessman and, and he had, you know, movies and shows, but he absolutely 
could best toe the line with politicians in that he might say like, oh, I'm not afraid to ruffle a few feathers, but he would never go over the line. So he did every president's dinner. He did more USO tours entertaining troops than anyone else. Like he was just kind of uh, 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 very in with the political scene. So yeah. I understand why they said, yes, Bob Hope can can go in and do this thing. I feel like if they did it now, they would send like Jimmy Fallon or something. <laughs> yeah, someone who's just really inoffensive. Yeah, a real a real uh, uh, trustworthy person who's not going to try to pull anything. It would have been Jay Leno. Yeah, that's you know, probably a better. Yes, that's probably a bigger a better one to one. Actually, is is Jay Leno. Um, the problem was that even though uh, Nixon and Kissinger may have loved the guy, and at this point it was Carter uh, who got him in there, uh, Bob Hope is now 77. And I don't know if his comedy has progressed beyond 1950. Oh, it's also worth to say in the 1940s, I think 1943, he signs a 10-year contract with NBC Radio. This is before they're a television network. Then he has his first television special in 1950, and he signs a 60-year contract with Whoa. NBC that promises him he can do one network special a year for 60 60- Years because wow. I don't think they thought television was going to be around that long. That's like a Scientology contract. <laughs> <laughs> so Bob Hope, by the way, Bob Hope only uh, used forty years of that contract, so he's a quitter. Uh, yeah. And he he got out of his contract when he was ninety-one. So he was wow. ninety because I remember seeing Bob Hope Christmas specials when I was a kid, and he is just a breathing corpse with a Santa hat. <laughs> and his wife is like, "Look, Bob, it's Joey Lawrence is here, isn't that nice?" He's like, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> wheel him off. Uh, but he was a guaranteed. So I think NBC was also in a position where it's like, well, if Bob Hope's going to China, I guess that's his yearly special. So. Uh, both with the backing of two sitting presidents and a ironclad contract with NBC, Bob Hope winds up being the first American to send a film crew there, and they spend a month solid filming this thing. Sheesh. When, when did uh, Disney send the Epcot people? When did they send the Epcot people? What do you mean? Yes, oh, because they make the... they. They also have a kind of claim on being some of the first uh, crew over there filming for their China film. Are you talking about the Epcot Center? Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know. So let's see. Uh, Epcot entered or opened, what, 1980? 81? Uh, 83 or 81. So, okay. So I guess after this. Yeah. But 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 of course they're make they're designing all this stuff in the seven in the late seventies, uh, but they probably didn't start filming until eighties. Yeah, as uh, Bob Hope was leaving, the Epcot people, Mickey was coming in <laughs> with his camera. <laughs> all right. Uh, so even though the point of the special 
is supposed to be showing America the wonders of the former Forbidden City and showing them the wonders of China. Boy, oh boy, it sure does focus on Mr. Bob Hope pretty heavily, and there's incidentally Chinese stuff kind of around him. It's, it seemed like this was very dip, a diplomatic affair. Oh, 100%. That was the idea yeah. behind this, is that, you know, we'll yeah. showcase some of your performers, we'll have some of our performers come over. I'm talking about the yeah. the tone of this is much more about Bob Hope does his normal shtick, and also it's China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's plenty of times, and Bob Hope, uh, you know, understands that his stuff's not going to go over with these audiences and there's plenty of, you know, like there's two audiences every time almost there's the, there's, there's the American diplomats and the crew. And then there's uh, just these Chinese people. I don't know if they're diplomats or if they're, or if they're an audience or what, but there's, so there's two joke breaks for each joke (laughs) because it's being translated. And the first joke break always gets a laugh. And the second one, it's a crapshoot. You never know if they're going to laugh or not. Uh, yeah. He seems almost perversely married to doing his normal thing. And I don't know if that's Bob Hope not being able to change or he's so arrogant he just figures it's going to work. I don't know. I mean, he had a team of writers, including a person who went along, head writer James Lipton <laughs> yes. from inside the actor's studio was head writer on this. And he penned some of the atrocious songs that we're going to be talking about. This whole oh thing opens in uh, Tiananmen Square and Bob Hope is walking. Tiananmen. Tiananmen Square. Tiananmen Square. <laughs> ah. he, never, he never says a title or name the no. same way twice. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be bothered. But yeah, at one point, there's a, a, a one of a, 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 a Chinese woman who's like, "It's Shanghai," because <laughs> he keeps saying Shanghai, <laughs> like and he goes, over and Shanghai. over. Shanghai, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. And he said you people weren't funny. <laughs> Bob Hope's other big demand, besides doing all his regular material, seems to be. Uh, to be in the most comfortable clothes possible because he's in this opening number where he is uh, singing a a song with uh, very sensitive lyrics about how he's looking forward to being (laughs) Shanghai. Did you catch that? He's a, there's a lot of stuff going on in this. There's a lot, but he's just in like, he's in an untucked blousy shirt, penny (laughs) loafers, a bucket hat. And he's always carrying that golf club. What? Okay. Was that a shtick? Like, yeah, it was beyond this. Okay. And I don't know if, if part of that could part of it have been. He used it for balance sometimes, and he was too vain to have a cane. I don't well, know. Well, he's doing Tai Chi. He's doing okay. <laughs> yeah, he sure does. <laughs> he sings a musty... Feel- yeah, go on. He, this outfit he's wearing, it's, it's not very hard to imagine if you've ever seen an old person. <laughs> no, but <laughs> he's he, wearing he, He's I, wearing your Sunday... Uh, loungers, you know, like, yeah, you know what? He's also on TV in an opening number. <laughs> At least tuck the shirt into the pants, Bob. 
Well, you know, if you look, you know, if you notice, he's almost dressing exactly like every single Chinese person in this. I suppose, I suppose that's true. <laughs> a lot of white shirts. You could tell that uh, yeah, America had not yet soaked their uh, region with t-shirts because it's just, I noticed no. it as well. It's all just people in white button-up shirts. Is that, um, a res- I'm assuming that's a result of a kind of communist. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah. Mao's army, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Bob yeah, there's, Hope. I mean, there's people wearing communist garb and call it, you know, the comedians are calling each other comrade. Yeah, a lot of the little and, hats um, with the red star. Yeah, so this is still, I mean, they're still essentially communist. They're oh, they're they're walking underneath a gigantic yeah. framed <laughs> picture of Mao. So yeah. <laughs> anytime you're in a country where there are giant pictures of the leader everywhere, you know, it's not quite a democracy. <laughs> I mean, but they're still that way today. Just more capitalism sprinkled in. (laughs) Right. Best of both worlds. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It has been obviously raining, and I don't know why they couldn't ask the Chinese government if they had any stock footage of Tiananmen Square, because Bob Hope (laughs) is saying, like, look at it. Isn't it beautiful? And it's just rain puddles everywhere. It's a gray day. It's just cement. It looks so gross. He -hmm. makes a joke about how it looks like Jackie Gleason's patio. Yeah. <laughs> was that a fat joke or is it a joke about how Gla- Jackie Gleason has so much money? How many jokes did he tell that were in that were so inside baseball? Well, inside America, this was not created for anybody in China. Definitely. But, I, I agree. But also just in the in, like, I, I guess that's a that's probably part of his. But the amount of industry jokes, I feel like he yeah. told. That's all the man knows. <laughs> How many? Okay, so one thing about his routines and his jokes, um, there was something that um, in one of Steve in Steve Martin's book about his life that he talked about how he watched uh, I forget which comedian it was, some f- famous comedian on the Tonight Show, and he watched him do his joke, and every time he did his joke, he would do a gesture, and it became the rhythm, and people would laugh at hmm. that gesture. Yeah even if the joke wasn't funny or made no sense, like that was a high percentage of Bob jokes for me, Bob Hope jokes for me. Whereas just, I have no idea what, what the punchline means. Uh, but I felt triggered to laugh. He's doing it. (laughs) Yeah. He is a, he is a machine at this point. (laughs) He has done so many shows. He knows, the mechanics of delivering a joke, even if the joke doesn't make any sense. Nowadays, of course, you have to crouch down and slap the microphone on your knee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's a little bit more uh, physicality going on. Um, all the speeches Bob Hope gives about China have the undercurrent of, boy, China used to suck, huh? <laughs> and we got here. <laughs> oh, could you could you tell who sponsored this show, Nathan? <laughs> Could you, um, could you figure could it out? Not, I kept forgetting. <laughs> I kept forgetting. And then I was reminded every five minutes. There are so many commercials baked into this. I think it was played straight through with only these commercials played. There's three sponsors. Yeah, uh, I think so too. DuPont, Coca-Cola, and uh, is it Dow Chemical? Was that the other one? Te- uh, no, DuPont is the chemical. Texaco Texaco oil, oil Texaco, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and the by the way, the commercials for Dupont like hysterical. Uh, just the the like 
can you imagine in today's like um kind of like chemical chemically woke culture like like these commercials were basically there it's a housewife for someone and she's washing dishes and doing you know going to the fridge and and she's naming these uh the, the chemical names for common everyday items mm-hmm. and she's just you know like and it's all about how there's all there's there's all these chemicals in everything we use <laughs> like it is so hyper focused on the fact that you're chemicals and today everything is like if you mention the word chemical people are like I, I do not compute this you know you're telling me there's chemicals in this pencil i'm gonna get cancer in my thumb <laughs> <laughs> well two things about the these endless dupont commercials uh, the DuPont copy in one of them was 60,000 people doing their best. <laughs> wow. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, DuPont. We're really yeah. trying. Uh, also, yeah, yeah, in, that uh, was, it was one of them where that was the one, was that the same one where it was like talking about how they've never had an accident? Mm-hmm. How it was safer <laughs> to work at a DuPont factory than to be like a taxi driver or something. Um, it, like what was going on at the time? Like we're we're just like factories blowing up, and like people are just really worried about using anything from, like oh, oh we're okay, we're okay, we're okay. Yeah, probably. I think. I mean, all the ads had were designed to calm people down. All the ads could have just <laughs> said, "I know it sounds scary, but actually, you just use it all the time, and it's and you're fine." Uh, and this is a good time to say that in 2019, DuPont led the Toxic 100 Water Polluters Index. So DuPont <laughs> yeah. still and going strong. They were also the subject of that uh, Mark Ruffalo movie. Yeah, Dark Water. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about the Teflon and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, or whatever the, um, was it Teflon or what was the, uh, that's in a pan that makes it. Uh, I don't know if it was, was it Teflon? It was about a, a city that basically they poisoned. Yeah. Like a, t- a town. Uh, whatever Whatever the whatever they poison that the initial, water, yeah, yeah, and uh, and then the Texaco commercials were great too because it was just like we keep digging and digging and digging, <laughs> we can't go low enough for you. <laughs> it shows them throwing animals out of the way and sticking yeah, a drill in yeah. the ground. <laughs> yes, like we paid over half a billion dollars to get to the <laughs> core of the earth for you. Well, after we're reminded of uh, who paid for this thing, we are treated to our first musical number, which gives the Chinese, as Bob Hope puts it, the blessings of disco. And it is a <laughs> duo named Peaches and Herb. Okay, so oh, oh, I am yeah, I'll get all out of the way. This, by the way. I'm uh-huh. into this, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm, sure. di- I'm cutting you off to, to say <laughs> I'm into this. Uh-huh. <laughs> but didn't it feel a little disrespectful? What, the fact that they're in the tomb of an emperor? Yeah. Singing about how they want to hump each other? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Peaches and Herb, who sang Shake Your Groove Thing, right? That was their big hit? Oh, I can't remember. I think think it was. Um, Yeah, they they just scored some big hits before this came up. They're a pretty inoffensive disco duo. By the way... There has been seven peaches and only one herb. Peaches and herb still oh, together. Yeah, this was peaches really? number two. Yeah, you know my 
my wife said something like, I think there's a very like lo- story, a, a loving story about them always being married forever or something. Well, the no, f- you're saying there's seven. <laughs> the first, the first peaches is Herb's wife. Okay. Then she got okay. sick of it and they hired a new person who just went under the name peaches. Okay. And all right. I, so, I think, you know, okay. he does tours and like nostalgia stuff now. And there's just like rotating okay. peaches with him. Yeah. Reunited was the other song. So Shake Your Groove Thing and Reunited. Okay. Uh, Pretty, I mean, whether or not you like the song, this is a very boringly filmed sequence where they're in a very beautiful uh, temple just kind of walking around. And then they unleash uh, a horde of very, very cute children who kind of bounce up and down and wave their arms around, which I thought was charming. And then everyone, and they're dancing with everyone. and Yeah. So the audience. One thing that's important to note, as you would expect, since they're out in public, they're not in private studios, um, there's crowds of people coming up who don't look mad, but they look confused. Some of them look happy, but most of them are just like have no idea what's happening. Um, And so the American performers will do things like pick someone out of a crowd and dance with them. And this is not seemingly to the delight of the people who they're doing this to, who are not used to this kind of thing. They all look very nervous. Like they're at gunpoint. There's one point where peaches goes up and tries to take a guy's hand to dance with him. And he shakes his head and she kind of goes, Oh, right. And shrugs and goes (laughs) to the next person. (laughs) I mean, and this is amplified whenever, uh, shields and Yarnell show up. Well, well, we will get there. We will get to shields and Yarnell in a second, but first Nathan, unless you have more, you want to say about, uh, peaches and herb dancing on, uh, emperor's grave. Okay. (laughs) That's where that's, that's really where you can see, um, the fashion of China of like, every man is wearing a white shirt, brown pants, and then these leather sandals. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, every every man's wearing the exact same thing almost, and everyone has a bicycle. Very few cars. Yes. Um, also, that where they are at that temple, uh, I I'm pretty sure that's the temple that Epcot's China uh, Pavilion is based off of. I think you're right. Although I'm sure there's because, similar architecture in different places, but you're probably right. Yeah, like it's not the same. Like you know, you can tell that they're they they've done the perspective. You know, so but you you walk up the sides, and in the middle is the that little stone plaque that's kind of sitting just like in the show. Now you'll have to excuse Nathan; he's of course been to China, uh, by which mm-hmm. I mean the Chinese Pavilion at Epcot. So uh, mm-hmm. he he knows a lot about the country. He'll talk about these different mm-hmm. uh, points of interest. They have really great food. They have like orange chicken and fried rice. And, and right near China is a churro rolls. cart, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, if you guys, if you don't know, I think that's China, yeah, China is right next to, <laughs> to <Morocco>. Norway. <laughs> it's right next to Norway. Uh-huh. And then if you want to go to Africa, you just cross a bridge <laughs> and you're at an African uh, hot dog and Coke stand. So that's the geography. I don't of know why Bob Hope was complaining about the food so much. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was pretty delicious. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, Nathan, guess what? You and I love stand-up comedy, and that's what mm-hmm. we're getting next. Because oh as you gosh. said, a carefully vetted crowd of American diplomats and uh, Chinese people who look like they were around when the Great Wall was built are kind of shuffled <laughs> in. And Bob Hope comes out to do some stand-up comedy with a translator who I found out um, – is a very respected actor in China. He was in like Emperor of the Sun and a bunch of okay. uh, movies. And they have this poor man. I don't care what he was paid. He was underpaid. They have him mm-hmm. translate Bob Hope's jokes. <laughs> and you know how in most specials they would play the, you know, maybe they would set up like, okay, this is a translator and they'll show a little bit of them translating. But you won't cut to them doing the whole translation every time. <laughs> Apparently, they had plenty of time to eat up on this special because Bob Hope tells a joke, and then you see the Chinese actor also telling the joke. (laughs) This was not simulcast in China. Who is this for? And he has to stop and ask what the meaning of our reference is. I don't buy, I think that was planned. I you 100% think that was planned? yes, I do Be- for several reasons. So what he, what you're kind of define what you're talking about with that. Okay, so he mentions like he says Caesar's Palace at one point. And cuz he's trying to make some joke about being in a casino. And the reason why I think that Well, he that he says that there he says the emperor's palace looks like Caesar's Palace without the 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 slot machines. <laughs> That's right. They yeah, must that. have loved hearing that. Massive joke. <laughs> and um He's the reason why I think at least that reference is real is because he says, Explain Caesar's palace, and then he tries to make another Bob Hope tries to make another joke, and he looks at him and he tries to make another joke, and then at the end, he finally goes, It's just you know, it's a it's a gambling place, it's a place where we gamble, you know, like he's like, he was like, he was like, Look, I gotta, (laughs) we gotta move on. The reason – so here here are the reasons why I think that that back and forth is probably staged. Okay. Because number one, they had to submit all these scripts to the Chinese government. There was no okay. ad-libbing. Number two, uh, I'm sure this actor looked over his lines beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but – and number, he doesn't. He doesn't look at the lines. He he repeats. Yeah, he's doing it. But also, there are Bob Hope's comebacks are uh, a little too clever. I'm not saying the guy couldn't be clever. They were. Yeah. I thought they were a little too clever. And there was three of them. So there's a rule yeah, of I three. Mean, maybe, yeah. They're really. I, I. I. Now maybe it's true. And Bob Hope is a was still an amazing improviser at uh, 77. He might have been. I just thought that with the amount of vetting the government who I found out later almost shut them down due to one or two jokes they had scripted and submitted to them. Whoa. Would have, uh, but yeah. Cause that's the other thing is, is you can talk about how moldy the jokes are in here and they are. Um, but there was plenty of jokes that the government just would not let them do. And they kept on making them redo the script and redo the script. And at one point <laughs> we're going to seize the film. Oh man. <clears throat> This three-hour plan <laughs> squashed by a, you know, a joke about the emperor's nose or something. But here, here's the other thing is, is who is this really for? Because Bob Hope says that there's a, a the hit movie over here is the American Syndrome. <laughs> what Chinese person is going to know the film The China Syndrome? 
know. <laughs> so what did he think was going to, like, what kind of a pop did he think it was going to get when it was translated? I see a lot of karate kids out here. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what seems like uh, 45 minutes later, we are mercifully transferred to our next performers. And everyone, this was a time when uh, stage arts were in their last (laughs) hurrah of something that you could get famous on stage and then transfer that into... TV and movies. So you could be a dancer. You could be a Broadway star. You could be a mime and you could get a career out of that. And speaking of mime, who do we meet next, Nathan? Oh, the worst act in the world. (laughs) Shields and Yarnell. You know, I, I, that name is very familiar to me and also their faces are. So I know I've encountered them in my time on earth. But, oh boy, I hate them so much. Well, I- explain who they were for anybody who, it, it, I, even though every child knows Shields yeah. and Yarnell still. Yeah. And they were so, on the Muppet uh, show. That may be where you uh, know them from right? Uh, as a child. I mean, they're, they're just mimes, really. And um, they they like to do the robot. Boy, do they. And, and uh, Shields, who's the, the male counterpart, um, loves to jump really high. And so any character he can do where he gets to jump high, he's going to do. And then Yarnell, um, I don't know what her specialty is, really. Kissing? <laughs> it seemed to be that was all the things that she did. <laughs> well, later you see them dance, and they're very good dancers. Sure, and like sure. acrobats. The tap dan- oh, that's right. She was a good tap dancer. Uh, at, so, least, uh, at least in that. At least, at least to least. us, people who don't yeah. tap dance. She's a good tap dancer because the taps <laughs> yeah, go real fast. Guys, I don't know what the guys from Stomp would think. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I just, as I watched them, like, I just felt like, is there anything, is there anything less timeless than this freaking act? Well, so Shields and now, first of all, they were insanely popular in the 70s. They had their own yeah. show. They were guests on everything. They claim to I don't I don't know if they invented doing robot mime. I think they may have perfected it. That's what they got famous for, and they were on all these shows. And they are very good at playing robots. And they are obviously very good physical performers. And mm-hmm. I understand why you would take them to a foreign country because it's an act that doesn't speak so it can translate well. Yeah. Um that being said, especially Shields, the man performs with the energy who is so mad he has to do his robot routine all the time because he can do a lot of other things. Doesn't he seem angry all the time and Yarnell is just kind of like calming him down at all points? (laughs) He just seemed very much like... The the feeling I got was that like he he knew he was funny. uh, He certainly thinks he's funny. He was always on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so in his mind, like, oh, you know, I know I'm funny. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> and so he's he's never not emoting. <laughs> he has a very intense energy. Um, 
I guess he was also they're both very good looking. I don't think that hurt in terms of becoming the most popular mime is to be attractive. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. he was discovered by uh, Marcel Marceau on the streets of California busking. And then he left Marcel Marceau because he was like, I can do this better. So that's the energy that Shields <laughs> brings to an act is I can do this better. Uh, and they both have like a page style haircut. Is that right? Page. Yeah, they have a real Captain and Tennille, uh little child actor in the 70s haircut. Yeah. Um, like little now, Lord Fauntleroy. Yes, two little yeah. Dutch boys on the paint can. Um, <laughs> so this, this act is they're doing the robot. What else? But they're in a marketplace. And I can tell this is something that they've done in America, they go out to a marketplace and they interact with people and they're like, you know, pretend to go up and stare right in their face or dance around with them or whatever. And maybe in America, this delights people. This seems to terrify and confuse <laughs> the good people of China who look so stressed out. Well, they, pre- they, pre- um, they present it as like, oh, so they, they bring, they, they get carried out as if they are mannequins. Yes. And they're set up near other mannequins. And they present it as like, oh, this is a great prank. Watch the, watch the reaction of people when they realize that, that why is this mannequin moving? But these people know immediately. They know immediately that they're real. Probably they're tipped off by the fact that there are Americans with cameras <laughs> in their store. <laughs> And so they're going around and they're and and they're basically like getting in everyone's face. Yeah. Like Yarnell is almost raping everyone like in the crowd. <laughs> like like people are like staying there and she's like embracing them and hugging like and they're just they're they're like I don't know where to go. I can't go. I'm can stuck. I, <laughs> can I tell you about what I think was the greatest moment in this is something that I hate about any modern special is they'll edit out anything that's real or anything that's not smooth. And I think we both love these old specials because they'll leave that stuff in even by accident. (laughs) They are doing this routine to no reaction. Oh, by the way, no music is being played over this. You're hearing in (laughs) silence, people just kind of muttering to each other and them walking silently around. And it's like when you're in an, an empty department store is what it sounds like. But there's, yes, but there's hundreds of people. <laughs> Feet scuffles. So they're doing this to, to no reaction. And at the end of the piece, Shields looks at the camera, shrugs, and goes back <laughs> to being a robot. That was not planned. That was him looking at the cameraman going, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and then go- the thing just going, ends. You, you, I, I know what he's thinking is, this is unusable. Yes, yes, this, with his we, eyes, yeah. He just goes, you know what? Oh, well, we tried. I guess we won't show this. But he was wrong. That this thing's three hours. We got to put another 20 <laughs> minutes of, of this. All right. Uh, on to our next guest, uh, Mikhail Barishnikov, uh, ballet dancer, modern dancer, mm-hmm. um, probably one of the most famous dancers of all time. Um by the way, I don't know what his name is. Is it Michael? Mikhail. 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 You're know, going. Bob you're Hope's. going by Bob Hope's pronunciations. <laughs> he's saying fifty things. <laughs> yeah, he says Michael at one point, like he wants to call him Mike. He's like, "Hey, my buddy Mike." <laughs> uh, Mikhail Barishnikov seems like a nice guy. Seems you know they have him going in to. 
teach a group of Chinese ballet dancers and God bless him. The guy is serious about teaching the class. He's not doing it for the cameras. He's using a bunch of terms. I don't know in showing them things that are obviously very technical. I'm sure he's doing them perfectly. I'm too much of a dum-dum to know if he's doing it perfectly or not. He seems like a real poon hound to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. He's a gorgeous looking man who can dance and is, uh, you can see that whole ass. Let me tell you something. Nasty's back and he's all that whole ass. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He he, very, um, very much teaching a class. No, no like pretense, like, or whatever. Like this is like, he's not cutesing it up. Yeah. No, he's doing what he does. Yeah. Um, And it goes on. And I was just sitting there going, I mean, I guess this is sort of interesting. I don't know if it's TV special fodder, but I truly feel as though I'm watching a dance class. If you took all just the performances and which is what this should have been performances with some transitions, it would have been an hour probably. Right. Oh, you could, I mean, even if you want to make yeah, hour and a half, I'd say you could make this hour and a half and it could, breeze by uh, the thing that is so fascinating is you just feel like you are watching raw footage because oh. again there's no music piped in and there's some narration but <laughs> not a lot <laughs> so you're just no. kind of watching things unfold um i'm gonna can we breeze past this because that's we that's it to. like it's a dance class that's yeah uh, what it is I, I think i think i think we we touch on the people who are in this and we kind of move through because this thing was massively long yeah 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 <laughs> and so uh, who's our next uh we meet at, i am saying it as bob hope says it so i am very sorry <laughs> if i'm getting uh mao che chu who was a seven foot four basketball star in china oh my lord and he is there with big bird and he's taller than big bird right I think he's a little taller than Big Bird. Yeah. Or there are he's yeah, he's a huge guy. <laughs> this guy looks like a terminator. <laughs> you know, like he he like like I I guess all tall people like that have those features, but this guy looks like he's got metal underneath the skin. <laughs> oh, by the way, I I feel as though the person who gets the warmest reception in China, Mikhail Baryshnikov and then uh, Big Bird, probably neck and neck for the only people who anyone seems excited about seeing. Yeah. But it's also very strange. Like China, here's who's very famous in America, an old man and a puppet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the seven foot four guy is supposed to be very, very good at basketball. Do we get to see him play basketball? No. Do we get to see Bob Hope trying to shoot baskets uh, in front of him? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Definitely that. Uh, Although they, this guy does, he he pretty flawlessly lobs that basketball like a like a pea into the hoop, and it never misses. He does about two or three. Just mm-hmm. you know, he like flicks it with his finger, <laughs> and the basketball just sinks right in. <laughs> Uh, this seems like there was nothing planned, doesn't it? 
because I realize this big guy might not be the most comfortable in front of the cameras, but they go to a basketball court, say, ah, oh, yeah, you're here, you're pretty good at basketball. I bet, shorty. <laughs> well, let me get a try at this. That's it. Like, even Big Bird is given nothing to do. Big Bird's no, just kind of sitting standing there going like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah, I care. <laughs> yeah, this this segment was dead in the water for sure. It, it was just, it was just for me. It was just a freak show, like <laughs> seeing this massive man. Like you know, come see this this seven the seven foot man. You know, like that's what it felt like to me. Uh, Nathan, after all that was sports, it sounds like we could use another laugh from across <laughs> the globe. Because we meet uh, what apparently are some of China's most famous comedians. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, What I I appreciated this segment because Mm. I'm a fan of sketch comedy and this is what they did. And I really appreciated that they, before they did the sketch, they told you what was going to happen in the whole sketch. And described the feeling you should have as you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what's, uh, how would you describe the routine? What happens? Um, it's just a barbershop and someone's getting their haircut and, and they, this is very much like, like to me, like this is like what we, what we would joke about communist comedy is, you know, like, like, like it's like before communism, here's what it was like to get your haircut. After, here's what it's like, you know, but it was like, but it was just like, it was hard before and now it's <laughs> happy now. Like that's how it kind of felt. Uh, right. Cause they, they have two little wooden paddles. There, there's those three guys in this comedy team. One guy's role is to sit in a chair and comment on what the other two are doing. One yeah. is the barber and the other one is the person getting their shave and uh, they clack two little pieces of wood together that sound like scissors. Mm-hmm. And the person under Gang of Four cuts his face up, and the person now gives him a nice shave. Yeah, and, and the, it might not translate super well. Yeah, did you? Did you? What? What? The Gang of Four. That is. Can you school me on that a little bit? No, I can't know? because I don't know okay. enough. I, I know it was part of the uh, militaristic rule. Okay, yeah. So because, like we said earlier, like they are still under this commun, you know, this level, this form of communism, or still people's republic. Yes, yeah, whatever's happening. So it's not like pre and post. This just seems to be, uh, you know, under a less, a more mean dictator. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> well, the appearances like. maybe are a little softer, you know. Yeah. You won't get thrown in jail as easily. But apparently, I mean, look, these guys who were performers uh, were jailed for doing comedy yeah. in the past. So, hey, uh, respect to them. And I'm sure, you know, most comedy, most comedy does not translate well at all if there's anything verbal involved or cultural reference um just look at bob hope with that <laughs> sea of ashen faces looking but at I, him i i i didn't i i i thought this was i thought they were funny i, I thought my my daughter was laughing 
Okay. I mean, yeah, this does seem like an act you would do for children, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without the political tones. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But yeah. Um, Then we go to Crystal Gale, who was a country singer who had just scored some big hits. She crossed over. Yeah, she was a crossover. She's the younger sister of Loretta Lynn. And, you know, she sings some very mild 70s country numbers. I will say this. Out of all the country stars of that era, she had the longest hair. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad I I'm said glad it, you, too. I'm glad you were willing to say it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to kind of skim I, over. I liked her scenes. I thought they were fine. I, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's <laughs> funny. Throughout the... Uh, it's. Later on, uh, Bob Hope gets both Mikhail and uh, Gail in uh, two separate pieces, but he gets them and they do a kind of vaudeville act together. They're doing what he must have been doing on his USO tours, except if it was, he would do it like with a sergeant and with whatever playmate he had over there. Yeah. And I thought, uh, I thought, I thought they both did okay. I thought Crystal Gail did 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 well I, I thought it was you know th- these are just mild like you said they're mild pieces 70s pieces and uh they were fine i, I would have I, I wished it was just condensed down to those pieces throughout this show yeah i don't know if that would have made it any better like in terms of actual entertainment but it certainly would have made it move a little quicker <laughs> yes and easier to digest uh, so we go past this. We see what looks like a very sick panda in a shoddy looking circus go down a slide. Um, okay. This was very interesting and it was more interesting when I read about it. I, I went on there. One of the writers for this special whose, uh, name is will. Oh God. I'm so sorry. Bob Mills. He has a I website called laughmakers.blogspot. And this guy is the most corny ass writer in the world. But he did uh, remember and relay a lot of stories Hello. on this website. They go into Dang a theater it. and they play one of Bob, Hope, Bob Hope's old right. movies for a crowd of Chinese people who have translator head, uh, headsets on. <laughs> and I'm watching it's the. All on the Hello? Okay, sorry, hey. I lost you for a second. I, yeah, I got, for a while uh, there. Well, now <laughs> okay. I can't hear you. <clears throat> okay, Nathan, hold on, where are you, sweetie? I'm right here. There you are. <laughs> okay, so you, we, you were saying um, we had just finished talking about the um, of the panda. Oh, okay. That was the last thing That's, you heard? And then you said this next part was really interesting. <clears throat> oh, okay. So there is a... A man named Bob Mills who has a website called laughmakers.blogspot. And he Ooh. is a, a writer for this show. He was in China writing this with the team. He is a very corny writer. Uh, according Ooh. to him, this special went great and it was a big hit and it was wonderful. Uh, no notes <laughs> from Bob. But he went into a detail that they did not go into in the special and it makes it a hundred more times we're affecting we're seeing chinese people in a movie theater with headsets on that are translators watching an old bob hope movie mm-hmm. and you're seeing their reaction and they're laughing but i'm seeing people are crying and i go yes. i don't think they're crying laughing but there's just tears rolling down their face and bob hope comes out afterwards and for the first time bob hope looks 
energized. He looks engaged. He is so excited. People have just seen him be funny and young in something. <laughs> and he is excitedly answering all their audience questions and talking about the old days. Uh, I read on Bob's website, this is the first movie most of these people had ever seen. Wow. That's mind-blowing. No wonder they were... This is like them... It was silent movie audiences watching the train come into the station and they jump out of the way because it's going to yeah. come at them. Um, yeah, it was just funny because the the energy shifts so violently with with Bob, and I was just like, I wish he could be this Bob Hope the whole time or focus in more on this is the culture that we're we're trying to impart rather than setting peaches and herb in front of a statue of a dragon to sing their hit. <laughs> yeah, th- this uh, was an, a really engaging part of the show. It, it, I was really interested in the questions they were asking because these were people who were who were actors and like yeah, not they they were people who um, were in the arts and the audience was. So it was interesting to hear their questions and. Now, at this point, we're a little past the halfway point of the special, and now we start repeating guests. We get another song yeah. from Crystal Gal. We get another song from Peaches and Herb. Who Peaches and Herb, has? they have chartered a boat, and they are making love all over this boat <laughs> Much in front of the captain. Who looks like, very uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, they're like basically just, they're, they're like all over each other, like next to the captain. Like the captain's not like, can you guys get out of here? Try to... Pilot this boat. That captain has his eyes dead locked straight ahead of him <laughs> like they're uh, glued. Yeah. Now, I know I just said I wish that they had done more in terms of uh, the culture going back and forth, but maybe I had spoken too soon because we are at the point of the show where Bob Hope just cannot help himself and he decides to don some traditional garb. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. <laughs> uh, and I wrote in my notes... He does- he oh dear, yellow face is written yes, down yes. in this section. <laughs> he does some cosplay, we'll say. <laughs> I, we can put it that way, sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely yellow. Definitely, I don't even like to like to even say that sounds racist. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, very much. Uh, it would have been. It would have been maybe okay if he just worn the outfit. I think it was the yeah. little mustache that. Uh, I think it was that. I think it maybe was the little tape that he had by his eyes. <laughs> I think there was just a couple too many flourishes on this costume, which yeah, Bob Mills yeah. on his website assures us is authentic Chinese garb. I was like, I'm sure it was Bob Mills. For once. Uh, and For it's once also the racism <laughs> authentic gear. For once. Uh, uh, God. So, this kind of encapsulates the tone of this special because Bob Hope is singing uh, Ruler of the Queen's Navy by Gilbert and Sullivan. These old comedians loved Gilbert and Sullivan. Nothing is funnier to Groucho and Jack Benny and Bob Hope than Gilbert and Sullivan. But <laughs> James Lipton has rewritten the lyrics uh, to talk about China. No, to talk about Bob Hope's career. So yeah. Bob Hope is on this boat dressed 
in whatever garb he's in, Chinese opera garb, I guess, singing about his career through vaudeville into movies and uh, some hapless Chinese actors are phonetically repeating choruses after him yeah. in a way that does no favors to anyone. No, it's they're on this famous emerald boat. It's, it's a, a boat. marble boat. A marble, marble. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Marble boat that's been there for thousands of years or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this is uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> This is very much all about him. Like this, and that, that that is so true. Like this whole thing was like, he's like, I gotta get out there. I gotta show the people China, and then he is like, just doing him at China. Like if you were in his living room, he's telling you old stories about himself. <laughs> he went all the way to China to tell us about his journey from <laughs> stage to radio. Uh. So after that, things just kind of, as I said, we're starting to repeat acts. We see ballet. Uh, we see a Chinese opera, which I will say is the one thing that really I was very much into. I was into uh, Chinese opera as it is singing and juggling and jumping all over the place and <laughs> dancing and a puppet that they set on fire. <laughs> and yes, it looks that was, that was- incredibly entertaining, actually. Yeah. That was the best part was the the puppets show and yeah. Big Bird getting all the kids to sing along. Yeah. So Carol Spinney, Carol Spinney uh, who plays Big Bird, gets in front of an audience of children and there is an incredibly heartwarming call and response song that he does with them, which is why the next year Carol Spinney asked if he could do a special, another special in China, which is Big Bird Goes to China. Yes. Which is sort of the uh, much more tasteful version <laughs> and short version <laughs> of this special. Yeah. Uh, so we are barreling towards the end, but not after more rickety circus. Uh, we're subjected to the Philadelphia Boys Choir singing God Bless America. But also, like, at every single one of these performances, Bob Hope does another 20-minute stand-up oh. act. Oh. Every single time he's doing more endless. Damn, like I'm like, how many jokes did they write <laughs> for this freaking thing? Endless. Uh, Bob Hope interviews a uh, very uncomfortable looking stewardess. Oh my gosh! Who's 20- That's where he gets chastised for how he says Shanghai. Good for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that then, was like that. Yeah. Like, do you think? Okay, there's no way that they were like, okay, guys. We got to we got to plan this show for China. We got three hours, so here we got this segment with this segment. Like I, I picture a board with cards on the thing, and it's like oh, it goes from here to here and here. And there's no way that there was a card that says interview with Chinese stewardess. <laughs> no way. He was just like, hey, get that get that girl over here. Hey, cutie, yeah, you're beautiful. <laughs> she has, I mean, she she has some English skills, but it, you can tell it is extremely limited. She is answering yeah. yes or no questions and it keeps going. Oh my he gosh. keeps breaking her over the coals for more information. This woman does not have. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally the, uh, national nightmare is over and <laughs> Bob Hope stands on a wall and sings. Thanks for the memory. Uh, his classic song with new lyrics about China. Um, now, 
we've been seeing things in the special that now you look at it and it's very, as you can say, cringy. Mm-hmm. It, it seems all over the place. It seems slipshod. And I always want to try to give benefit of the doubt of the time. Obviously, you know, this is 79. This is camera people. I'm sure there's a language barrier. Equipment weighed a ton and it, you just couldn't transfer things easily. So was this good for 1979? No. <laughs> I read for... <laughs> Current day reviews from 79. <laughs> People were horrified at this thing. This is from the Washington Post. <clears throat> Tom Shales, uh, 79. The road to China and the 10th month have at least one thing in common. They're both too long. <laughs> Bob Hope's much ballyhooed three-hour special, Bob Hope on the road to China, is the season's first huge disappointment. Poorly organized, sloppily performed, and stingy with views of Chinese life, this marathon jaunt turns into a plod. If Hope's producers can blow a thing like a China show, Hope's best roads are behind him. Oh my God. Ouch. <laughs> Don't hold back. Oh boy. Yeah, a lot of times you, every time I watch these, I always think, who liked this? And it's not fair sometimes, but I'm, but it sounds like we are being fair to this thing. (laughs) I I think there's a reason why this fell out of circulation. Because there's a lot of Bob Hope specials you can still get and they even sell. This one mysteriously has disappeared from easily get edible uh, public consumption. And yeah, I, I understand hence, why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 if 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 we're in t- if we're on to the recommendation part of the episode, I, I feel like um, don't bother with this piece of trash. You can find some, maybe find some uh, clips online, but geez, three hours. Like I, 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 I was fast forwarding through. Some of the performances because I was like, "Look, this I can't keep going. I can't keep going." I was perversely fascinated with this just because production is so different now, and I just yeah. I love things where they, they just let the camera roll, and so you're seeing all the awkwardness and the sweatiness and the strangeness unfold in front of you. Um, so if that kind of thing fascinates you, I would say watch it. If that holds no interest for you, of uh, yeah, don't bother. And I think, uh, I think Bob Hope's intentions were probably good in his mind. Like I think some of it was ego. He wants to be the first one over, and he's Mister America yeah. and whatever. I think that that was part of it. But I think he probably genuinely did enjoy going to different parts of the world and feeling as though he was the the face of the the friendly american but i also think it's interesting seeing him in these situations because he had been doing uso tours for soldiers forever right so if you're doing that you're in a foreign country but you're performing for americans and so all the jokes you're making are you know you talk about like how mean the sarges or whatever but they're also going to be at the expense of the place that yeah. you're in you know, oh, monkey brains, you're eating, you know, that kind of thing. And he can't quite break out of that still because he's still making tasteless jokes about Chinese laundries and rice patties and stuff where you're like, Bob, don't 
Not in front of them. Come on. <laughs> if you got to say yeah. it, wait for the hotel room in front of your sycophant writers. Like one of the first jokes, like he opens with the rice patty joke. Yeah. What there was do you a, have a fi- There was a joke. Can you explain it to me? He's, <laughs> this is in the Barishnikov bit. He goes, uh, Boy, Bob, it sure is crowded here. He goes, yeah, crowded. Boy, I'll say. I went for a walk, and when I came back, I was wearing somebody else's shoes. <laughs> huh? He says, he says, uh, uh, what does he say? He says, he says, like, there was a suit that three different people wore or something. What's that joke? Oh, I don't remember says? that. There were so many confusing <laughs> jokes from, like, I'm pretty good at deciphering these old moth-ridden bits, but I don't understand what that means. My favorite is um, that we're seeing the panda go on this slide, and he says, I hope Smokey the Bear doesn't see this. He'll turn in his actor's equity card. (laughs) Just so specific (laughs) to people not at home watching this. Uh, well, with that, uh, your favorite performing bears are going <laughs> to call this one call this one a day. You're welcome. We watched it so you didn't have to. Uh, Producer Jeremy, any thoughts on this special? Are you going to go straight home and watch it after this? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm just tickled with an excitement over here to get home and watch Bob Hope be a... Uh, uh, tone deaf. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in gonna, all ways. I'm, and I'm gonna let Stony off the hook on this one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because we got that new guy hanging out. That's right, producer yes. Jeremy. And I'm showing my whole ass. <laughs> my whole ass. He does. All right. he, he might be Stony's cousin. Uh, it seemed like twin. they're related. Yeah. <laughs> Evil twin <laughs> is nasty and stony. <laughs> one's right, a drug well, addict, uh, the other one's a sex addict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you. We love all of you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>